You're listening to Espresso Jams, short, concentrated, delicious conversations about business, technology, and entrepreneurship. If you're just starting out on your business adventure or you're a seasoned business professional, I'm sure you'll find value in these short conversations. Espresso Jams is brought to you by Apexable, providing the tools, insights, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show, Espresso Jams. I have a wonderful guest with us today. He is an Aussie. Did I say that right? Aussie. He started Aussie. Per- Aussie. Yeah, Aussie. close. Close enough. All right, let's roll. Let's roll. And Aussie, he started his first business at age 15 doing $100,000 in sales the first year and moved to the United States in 1990 and has continued to start and own many businesses since then. And he's a funny guy. Some say special funny guy. Help me in welcoming our guest today, Edward Fox. Ed, hey man, welcome to the show. G'day. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Wasn't excited about getting up early, but I'm excited to talk to you. Well, that's great. Where do you hail from this morning? Well, I am currently sitting in Franklin, Tennessee. So moved here about uh, last December. And so we're doing the recording this in March. So only a few months been here in Franklin, love Tennessee, 30 years in Kansas before that. You can probably tell by the accent. (laughs) Yeah, well, great. Well, welcome to, to kind of my side of the world here. Thank you. Yeah, love Raleigh, North Carolina. Got a great Great cricket field down there. A lot of Indian cricket teams that I go watch when I'm in that part of the country. Oh, super. So Ed and I got talking the other day and we got talking about business, which it seems like a normal thing we talk about. And we got talking about humor. And does humor have a place in business today? So that's where we're going to start and we'll see where it goes. Oh, man, we only have so much time to talk about this, but the fact that we actually have to ask that question, does humor have a place in business? We're reevaluating everything, right? We're looking at everything. That's a nice thing that can come out of such a terrible situation after a couple of years of pandemic. Uh, the thing about humor is it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, right? Um, and a lot of the times what we think is funny or what we think will come across well doesn't deliver well. So you have to find your true voice. If you're going to use humor in business, uh, taking those jokes from the locker room and applying them at the local chamber of commerce, if that was what we were doing, I would say, no, absolutely not. Hmm. Keep humor out of it. So what I tend to do is I've written a couple of dad joke books. I used to go to all these chamber events and I would hear these guys and gals telling bawdy jokes and and stuff that, you know, as a Christian didn't really sit well with me. And also I could see the reactions of people around the crowd. You know, if they tell, if they tell an ethnic joke, it used to be back in the day that you would tell Polish jokes or Irish jokes or whatever. And those don't fly anymore, right? They don't sit. And so understanding how to use humor in business you, you almost need a focus group of people that you trust and try out your material on them first before you go get yourself into trouble. But I can tell you, even with all the testing I do, and I use a, I, I call myself special ed, okay? And the special is quote, quoted, quoted? It has the quotation marks, not the ed, 
right? So it's special ed. My mom used to call me special. Well, I got, I offended some lady sometimes. She goes, you're making fun of all those people with special needs. Actually, no, I'm using my name, Ed, and putting special in front of it so I can raise awareness. I do a lot of work with, uh, when we're in Kansas, I did a lot of work with the uh, Mental Health Association of Kansas and folks with disabilities. I built a cricket field. We'd have them come out. We'd have them play. So, no, my whole idea is to raise awareness to not make it something that we don't talk about, right? And so I used that, but I still got in trouble for it. So yeah. you don't know where it's going to land. One time I told a joke, I said, what's the least spoken language in the world? And it was on Facebook, on my business page. And I said, uh, sign language. Well, one lady got really offended that I was making fun of deaf people. I'm like, uh, hang on, I, ha I interact in the deaf community with a few friends and they cleared this joke. They cleared this joke. They said it was funny and they enjoyed it and there's nothing there. So you, there's always a chance to offend someone. Right. And I, I think that testing part is something that is very important with a trusted group of people who are going to be honest with you. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. And um, I've gotten in trouble myself by using humor that, it, you know, best case scenario, it doesn't land. No one laughs right. um, for a bad joke. Uh, worst case scenario, you start offending people, like you said. Right. And it's right. and I'm not easily offended. So I do need a focus group. I do need people right. to help me out. Yeah. But I think you're the first comment about don't bring that locker room humor into business is so important. There are certain I don't know, Ed, if you would call them levels of humor or categories of humor. I would call them categories. And I think so I, with the two dad joke books I wrote, uh, the goal was that if an eight year old can hear it, it's totally fine. But I know some eight year olds that have heard some pretty rough stuff. So, you know, you, you, you can't use an eight year old as a, as a focus group. But I, like I go with with stuff that to me might fit my group. If I'm a I'm a previous owner of a business that ran Pokemon tournaments. So we'd go around the country and rate, uh, and do Pokemon tournaments and you'd have a thousand people show up for a tournament from age seven to age 70. But a lot of that Gen Y, Gen Z group, which my daughter fell into, it was fun to see a seven-year-old uh, young girl playing a 50-year-old guy and beating his butt, right? And so if I've got a crowd that I think would appreciate a good Pokemon joke, I store a couple of Pokemon jokes. How do you get Pikachu on the bus? You Pokemon. <laughs> Why don't you shower with a Pokemon? Because you're Pikachu. Those are harmless, right? They right. don't hurt anybody. And so knowing your audience, um, I, I, I give a talk at my local BNI group and at my networking groups every, uh, every week you get up and you do your 30-second commercial. One week I did one on Tetris. I said, did you hear that they're making a movie about Tetris? Yeah, it's going to be a real blockbuster. The only trouble is every time that the screenwriters write a line, it disappears. Mm -hmm. OK, and so having those dad jokes that, you know, they're, they're harmless. But then I turn that joke into something that works for my business. So getting the pieces to fall into place in your marketing. That's Tetris. Right. Knowing how those pieces fit together. So you you don't just do humor for humor's sake. Make sure that it ties into the message of your business. Yes. And, you know, when I used to speak, I always found and I guess I had heard that you could tell a joke and get people laughing. It loosens them up and then drive a point home. Right. And, and get exactly. real serious real quickly because you bring, you kind of bring your audience from way up high on a, 
on a laughing note, on a relaxing note, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, here's a message. Right. Yeah, it, it helps release all those endorphins. You know, I read a study that said that the average uh, three-year-old laughs like 200 times a day, and the average 40-year-old laughs only 12. My, whenever I said that to my dad, he would say, yeah, but the three-year-old cries 200 times a day too. I said, well, so does the 40-year-old. They just internalize it. Mm. Uh, there's not enough. There's not enough intimacy. And by intimacy, I don't mean sex. There's not enough um, closeness. Uh, COVID has caused us to not be able to be around each other. And we're a social, uh, we're a social being. We need to be around each other. Uh, we need hugs. Uh, ask if it's okay first before you give a hug. Course, I've learned that. Course, it's okay for anybody to hug me. Everybody knows that it's okay for them to hug me. Uh, but I will ask if I feel like a hug is warranted. And sometimes I get told no. Well, I don't take it personally. You just move on. So hugging, jokes, humor, helping people to laugh, helping people to release that stress and that energy. And, and also, it's a pattern interrupt, right? Uh, if yeah. you do neuro-linguistic programming and understand pattern interrupts, when I call somebody to set an appointment as a cold caller, uh, one of the first things I say, I, I have a video show similar to this that I invite guests onto. And like, well, what's it going to cost me? I'm like, dude, a pack of gum or a bottle of water? Like, I'm pretty cheap, you know, or you tell a dad joke, well, how can I help you? Well, this could be considered a sales call. Would you like me to hang up now? Hmm. The goal is to get them to hang up. And then you call them back and say, well, I guess that didn't work. Would you give me 30 seconds? I get a, I get a laugh and they say, sure, go for it. Yeah. You know, so I don't like to do that one because it's like a little cringy for me, but it's just to represent the fact that this is what you can use humor for if you use it in the right way. Like you said, you're going to drive a you're going to drive a point home after you get them laughing. The same reason we eat and do business better when we have a lunch or a coffee. Why is it we're always breaking bread with other people to do business? It's because when you're breaking bread, you break bread with friends. You don't break bread with enemies. So you're more likely to build that know, like, and trust. And good humor can do the same thing. A, a, a good dad joke, dad jokes, you know, they used to just be puns, right? They were, they were called puns. They weren't called dad jokes. It's only been in the last 20 or 30 years that they've been known as dad jokes. But now we see these kids, they're buying the New Balance shoes, they're buying the khaki pants, they're buying the Hawaiian shirts, and they want to look like their dad for some silly reason. Who wants a dad bod, you know? But that's what they're doing. And so they're appreciating a good dad joke. And so I found them pretty harmless to be able to do that. Yeah. Now, I thought dad jokes were all about dads. But the few <laughs> examples that you gave here, they're, I'm thinking they're more like jokes for dads. Right. So they're the ones that dad used to say, you drive by a cemetery and he says, uh, people are dying to get in there. Hey, that's the dead center of town. I say, dad, I'm hungry. He says, hi, hungry. I'm dad. You know, so okay. those are the ones that have become known as dad jokes. Anything that a dad might say um, are, is a dad joke, not necessarily directed to dads, but having a good pun, you know, two mushrooms walk into a bar. The bartender says, sir, we don't serve, uh, your, uh, we don't serve vegetables in here. And they go, but we're a fun guy. Okay. Okay. So uh, two strings walked into that same bar and he says, uh, we don't serve string, get out of here. So they go to the corner, tie themselves together, uh, unravel the ends, walk back in. He goes, aren't you the two strings that were just in here? No, we're afraid not. Hmm. 
Okay, so you can you can have a, a you know dads keep their jokes in a database, right? So you can have your jokes all out there that might work best for your business. So when I know I'm going to go talk to say a contractor, maybe he does um, maybe he does lawn care, then you know what? Um, I found out the other day I was colorblind. It came out of the purple, so I'm not really good at telling whether the grass is green or not. Oh, you know what? I like. Got to think about that one. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) green is my fight. Green is my favorite color. I love what you've done with the lawns. Green's my favorite color. It's I like it better than blue and yellow combined. So if you've got a joke that works with your audience, right? uh, And if the first couple don't land, don't give up. They'll appreciate your persistence. And I may be totally wrong on that. Well, I, I think even professional, even professionals now who make a living on stage telling jokes, they need to test them out. And every once in a while, they fall flat. I mean, I remember the Johnny Carson monologues. Every once in a while, he'd tell a joke and it, no one would laugh, but he was really good at recovering. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's definitely a key to what we do, right? And so... I find that on Zoom, you have to be a little extra. Now, we could do a whole episode on being an introvert and networking. Hmm. I've moved from being an introvert to being an extrovert just because I, I mean, I've figured out how to enjoy it. The hat, the shirt, the backgrounds, it works for me. Right. Yeah, so, I, I love the, the changing backgrounds. That, yeah, that's, that's really nice. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's just a matter of being authentic. You be you. So, so I'm writing a book. It's called Be Authentic. Unless you're a serial killer, then don't be that. Change. Right. Because then the chapters in the book can go, hey, you can be loud and obnoxious unless it unless you're around other people that aren't loud and obnoxious. And then you need to change. Okay. So it's okay to be authentic. Right. It's okay to be authentic because this part of me is authentic, but also the part where I want to sit at home in, a, in my easy chair and read a book and not talk to anybody for three days, that's also authentic. It's my biggest challenge with like the disc profile. I love disc. Mm-hmm. I think it can provide good value, but whether you're a high D, high I, high C, high S, or yeah, high S, high C, whatever, um, it, do- it doesn't matter in every case because if you saw my desk, I've got tons of crap on my desk, but my computer desktop is highly organized. Mm. So which one am I? Well, if you look at my desk, you'd say, well, he's a high I. If you'd look at my desktop on my computer, you'd say, well, he's a high D. Right. You know, so, so we have to understand that authenticities are different and using humor in business could be different for different people. But having that, I cannot stress enough to have a good focus group that you trust and friends that will actually tell you when, no, dude, that's, that's bad. You can't use that. Can't do that. Can't do that. Yes. But one of the funniest, um, funniest times that when I was on stage and I was talking, I was speaking in Portuguese in Brazil and okay. I said a word incorrectly. There was a, there was a carving on the back of the gift that we were going to give the speaker. And I referred to the carving using the wrong word. Let's keep this PG. Okay. Okay. Using the, and the whole crowd laughed so hard. I mean, there had to be a thousand people in the room. And then I repeated it 
because I said, well, I don't understand. I'm just saying this. Right. And they, they roared again. And I felt, I, I felt bad, but not so bad because Portuguese is my second language. And, right. um, I looked at a friend in the audience. I said, later, later you explain to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we've had that happen. I, I used to do a lot of, um, conventions where they'd bring in American speakers to Australia and some of the terminology that we use in America is different than has a different meaning in Australia so when he's at he's doing a rally for us and he goes go out there and knock them on their fannies that doesn't fly in Australia that's not that's not your bum right it's the front part of a lady not the back part of everybody so so he comes back from dinner and he's like bright red. And he's like, it was explained to me at dinner that I don't say that word. So he said, I've got to say bum, go out there and knock them on their bums. And, <laughs> and we all roared laughing because again, it was a, it was a misunderstanding. Yes. So, uh, so those things happen. And, and I think, you know, this is pre-internet. So we don't have the exposure we do to all the different cultures. Uh, uh, we didn't have like we do now. Right. And, and even so, I mean, I remember one time with a friend, I was making soup and I was, I was pour, dishing out the soup and I was handing the soup bowl to my friend and I took it back and I said, no soup for you. <laughs> well, that's a cultural reference. Right, right. Yeah. It happens to be this, this person was from South America and she had no idea what that right. meant. Right. And so I did it again. And the more I did it, the more I laughed. And the more she was confused. <laughs> well, so I, I play cricket. So I play cricket with a lot of Indians uh, and that's dot, not feather. And that is not racist. They tell me that they say, oh, I'm an Indian dot, not feather. Okay. okay. Can I use that? Like, cause that's funny. Yes. Because it's easy to understand who we're talking about. I got in trouble at PE one time. Cause I told all these kids about all these Indians that play cricket. And the teacher came up to me afterwards. She said, don't lie to my children. Indians don't play cricket. I said Indians from India, oh, not Indians gosh. as Native Americans. Oh, my gosh. Right? She didn't understand. I said, you know, Indians in America only got the name because Columbus thought he'd found India. She goes, that's not true. I'm like, oh, my goodness, how do you become a teacher? And I'm a ninth grade dropout. Like, <laughs> well, then she was a PE teacher. So I'm not saying that all PE teachers are like that, but her favorite physical activity in the PE class was cup stacking. Oh, wow. Okay. So anyway, so so you never know what's going to hit and what's know. not. I've, I've got a cultural reference in Australia. There's a great Yellow Pages ad where the office is on like the 10th floor and the lady that's in charge of putting the ad in the old phone book. Folks, some of you won't even know what a Yellow Pages is, but it's an old phone book you used to open up and had everybody's ad in it. And so she had forgotten to put their ad in the Yellow Pages. This is early 80s. And so she packs up her desk and she's like speed walking out of the building like oh no my boss is going to find out and the boss sticks her head out the window and she says not happy Jan not happy and so that's a phrase that in Australia uh, we use all the time to show our displeasure but in a humorous way you know not happy Joe not happy well you wouldn't get it right, right. So, so now my wife has heard it and she's American. She's heard it for the last 20 odd years that I've been using it. And we've been married 32 years. Uh, so I've probably been using it 32 years, actually. So longer. Um, and and she starts saying it now. She goes, uh, oh, man, uh, you know, the printers wouldn't work at work. And three people called in and like nobody wants to work. And she goes, not happy, Jan, not happy. 
<laughs> so I've, I've you great. know, also no worries, no worries. I'm claiming that everybody in America uses it because they heard me say it. It was probably Steve Irwin, but uh, well, kudos gonna, to you. I, I, did, I didn't know you brought that over here. Yes. When I first started saying it, when I got here in 1990, people go, well, I'm not worried. No, it's a saying. It just means it's all cool. Yeah. And so now everybody uses it. And every time I hear it, I, I remember the <laughs> early days that nobody understood what no worries was. Or I'll give you a ring. They're like, well, why are you giving me a ring? Well, now that's synonymous, right? Uh, when I go to England and they say, I'll knock you up in the morning, I'm thinking, nah, you won't be knocking me up Whoa. in the morning. <laughs> no, that means I'm going to wake you up with a knock on your door. So, yeah. you know, learning those different things. So, again, humor means many different things to many different people in many different areas. But you can definitely use humor in business to open doors that wouldn't be open. Again, does it fit your authenticity? If you're an accountant and you don't like cracking jokes, then trying to be funny is not authentic to you. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is be who you are. Unless, of course, you're a serial killer, then don't be that and don't, change. Don't do that. Yeah, I once heard it. If you can be anyone you want to be, be Batman. I don't know. DC, don't even get me started on DC. <laughs> no, we won't go there. We're not going to go there. But it's so disappointing. The new Batman, he plays a good Batman. He sucks as Bruce Wayne. Uh, can we just have a happy Batman? I know, you know, DC is <laughs> too dark. Give me Marvel. Yeah, no, I, I've never seen a happy Batman. He, he is not a good joke teller. Really? You've never seen a happy Batman? Get I've on never seen him tell a joke. I've never seen him smile. Oh, my goodness. Joe, you must be very young because the original Batman TV series was very campy from the 60s with Adam West. It is full of jokes. It is hilarious. Is it? Yeah. So get on YouTube. Look up Adam <laughs> West as Batman. The whole shark thing where he's hanging off the ladder and the shark's attached to his leg and he's got a... Uh, he, uh, Adam West talks about it in interviews. He's got to move his leg around to make the shark like flop back and forth because <laughs> it's just a big rubber shark on his leg. But he tells dad jokes. Adam West as Batman tells dad jokes the whole time. I'll, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. Well, that that is definitely one more thing I have learned from our conversation today. <laughs> you never know what you're going to learn, right? No, you don't know. I mean, it's like the whole business ownership thing. Business ownership is hard, right? And so making people cry isn't my goal. I tell my business coach, my goals in life are twofold. One, make people laugh. If I can leave them laughing, then that's going to be awesome. And then help them grow their business. So like you said, deliver the punchline. If they're laughing, deliver the point. Mm. Deliver the punchline, deliver the point. Deliver the punchline, deliver the point. That's what works for me. It won't work for everybody. Right. So again, do your authenticity. Do your authenticity. Awesome. So we're coming to the end here. But before we close out, let me ask you this, Ed. What is one thing that we can leave our listeners with today that they can, they can take away and they can act on? You know, I don't know a lot about many things, and I don't know anything about Switzerland. I do know that their flag is a big plus, though. So one of the things that, sorry, I'm going to get them in whenever I can, you know. Um, so one of the things that they can act on is understand this. Be you. You do you. Now, that does not mean, like one of my sisters that would say, uh, yeah, I, that's just the way I am. You just have to take me for who I am and I'm not going to change. No, no, don't, 
Nobody has to take you for who you are. You can be who you are, but if that is not somebody that people like, then you can't grow your business. Am I saying to conform to every, every little thing that's out there? No, have some tact, have some compassion, be understanding, but also be authentic. So again, we've talked about it multiple times. I think they can take away that, hey, you know what? It's okay to be me if me isn't a serial killer. Yes. And, yeah, you know, if- uh, a friend of mine told me one time that magnets have two poles. The one attracts and one repels. So you've got to be okay with repelling people and attracting others. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to, you're going to find your tribe. And there's going to be some people that you want to be in your tribe, but they don't want to be in your tribe. And that's okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. And how can someone get more Ed? Uh, well, I, I love to do uh, I love to do shows. I have I have a show called The Edward Show, which I do globally. Uh, G'day, y'all. It's The Edward Show. Because my kids said, it's not The Edward Show, Dad. I said, it damn well is The Edward Show. And so I started The Edward Show. Uh, but they can, my link tree, link tree is the best way, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash A-U-S-S-I-E-F-O-X forward slash Aussie Fox. And if you can put that in the show notes. That will be in the show notes. And if you're watching the video, you can see it right now down below. There you go. So that would be awesome for me. I also love talking to groups. If you have a group of people that you want me to do a Zoom with on networking education, I can do that. Very good. Excellent, Ed. I have enjoyed this conversation tremendously. Thank you so much for being a guest and and talking with me and and bringing your knowledge and humor to the audience. Thanks for allowing me on the show. My pleasure. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Espresso Jams. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your preferred channel. Never miss another episode. If you'd like more business tips on technology, entrepreneurship, and doing better, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Matz, that's J-O-E-M-A-T-Z, or go to my website, apexable.com, that's apex-able.com. I'm your host, Joe Matz, wishing you an awesome day.